Welcome to Selly in Seattle. I know it's been a while. We had an off-season two. Um, as always, I am joined by Rebecca Maloney and hello. Doug Mellon. Hello. Sorry, I stepped over your hello there, Rebecca. How <laughs> was everybody's holiday? It was uh, different. different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we said goodbye to 2020, and I don't think anyone will complain about that. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, 2021 has already been... Uh, yeah, we're just oh working in 2021. Oh my god, what a doozy. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was good. We stayed home. Nice. Just the two of us. Watched Christmas movies the whole time and made a little meal, but it was definitely different. The ice rinks are closed, which I'm not very happy about. Yeah. Oh, well, how long has it been since you last skated? Oh my god, it must have... I think the last, like, stick and puck thing I attended was October, and the last, like, true blue game I played was, like, in March. It's... Sucks. Ooh. This Ooh. is the worst timeline. I mean, yeah. COVID sucks for many reasons, least of all the fact that I can't play hockey, but that's still a component. So, <laughs> got to get your leg workout in some other. Oh way, my right? God, my legs are gonna be jelly next time <laughs> I get out there. I took a I took a five mile walk the other day. I felt uh, I felt fantastic, but I also know that I really can't do that every day. <laughs> oh my Wait. God! I, was the last time we recorded you weren't here yet did you move? no i was i've already been here yeah. oh, okay. for a while yeah so wow that's how long it's been since we've recorded folks um rebecca has completely forgotten when i moved here <laughs> <laughs> off-season brain yes yeah. uh well did y'all get any uh anything cracking related for christmas absolutely not no what no wow i'm not special apparently Apparently not. That's well, do you sad. get anything Bruins related? Then? Nope. I got nothing. I got like LL Bean clothes, which are nice. I mean, I accept them. That that <laughs> is so New England. I'm gonna count that as Bruins gear. So. I got like three Bean shirts. We got <laughs> some socks. Brecca, did you get anything? Uh, yeah, I got a Kraken bag and a mug. It, it's I think it's the Kraken stuff is like a go to with the family and friends now. I think I'm kind of I have a reputation is like, oh, she'll like some Kraken stuff. What kind so, of bag? It was worse things to be. Uh, uh, it, it was actually from the the team store, the one down in the God, the South Lake Union area. Um, it, it's a Herschel bag. It's one of those like hip bags, but you can oh, wear nice. it over your shoulder like yeah, a cool kid. Nice. So um, I've been doing that. It's really nice. It's got the secondary logo on it. So. Oh yeah, there you go. I uh, I got a nice uh, zip up hoodie with the uh, anchor logo, um, and uh, I got a keychain that's the anchor logo. Well. I really like the anchor logo. I think it's oh, the, the better it's the of the best. two logos. Top and, tier. <laughs> and then uh, a nice tote bag that uh, came with everything. So oh, nice. and we got a a Kraken ornament for the tree. So oh, of course. that's special. Oh yeah, that's I mean good. it's really it's really kind of one of those you know kitschy ones. It's made out of ceramic. It's like a a ceramic hockey skate with the logo on it and it's got nice. glitter all over it. You know, it's your very typical kind of Christmas ornament. Yeah, right. Grant, you and I may have the same ornament. <laughs> and it's pretty great, isn't it? I mean, it's so ugly, it's amazing. <laughs> we have to hook Doug up with more Kraken gear. I know, I yeah, you shirt. may be getting a package here very soon. We I already yeah. sent a, uh, a buddy of mine, he loves wearing trucker hats. Oh, yeah. And so I got him a, a trucker hat. Um, nice. And uh, he opened the, the box and he's like, he immediately texts me. He's like, what is this logo? He's not really a, a <laughs> sports fan. And so he, he's like, what the hell is this logo on this hat that you sent me? I was like, it's the Kraken, man. And so I had to explain to him that the NHL has a new team. I mean, yeah. he he had no idea. No I, idea. I, <laughs> I think all of my gear is 
says NHL Seattle 2020 on it. Oh my Ooh. goodness! Throwback. Yeah, I, nice. I have that. And I have one new Kraken shirt, but I don't we have to update your wardrobe yeah. for sure. Yeah. If you're Grant gonna be... and I are going to take a trip to the team store and get you a little care package. <laughs> yep, shopping. COVID just yeah. you yeah. go and send us your sizes, Doug. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, other Kraken news has happened uh, since we last talked. Um, kind of uh, a couple of the biggest things. Um, team has a new assistant general manager and a, a new uh, director of player personnel. Um, and I know, Doug, you've got uh, opinions about both of these. Uh, let's start with uh, Jason Botterill, uh, the new assistant general manager. That brings us up to two for the team now. Um you comes from Buffalo. What is uh, what are your thoughts on this? So this, on the surface, is a controversial signing. Um, I think a lot of people have some strong opinions about it, mm-hmm. but I'd like to make an argument that it's not. Um, and here are my reasonings. Well, first, I mean he failed to do much of anything in Buffalo, right? As we know, they had a lot of high draft picks. They missed the playoffs for the ninth straight time. Um, you had the Ryan O'Reilly trade. You had. Buffalo, I guess the ownership group saying that they lost trust and faith in the, or they put their trust and faith in the wrong people talking about him. Um, but what we need to really look at is that he'll be the assistant GM here. Mm-hmm. And if one we start, of two for that, we one of two, right. And if we start looking at what he did in Pittsburgh, he dealt with the cap space, right? We know the NHL is going to be a flat cap this year. And we know it's going to be either a flat cap or a very slight increase next year but expect a flat cap we know how much the league's losing in money so they say um and he's going to be huge there he did the same thing um in carolina he worked with building the canadian squad in 2019 for the world championships with francis um i mean this is a guy who helped bring up guys like brian dumlin and jake gensel right Right. He has the scouting experience. So was he? Um, was he a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins during their like back-to-back cup run? Mm-hmm. Oh damn! That's well, that's nice. pedigree right there. And also, yeah. Yeah. you mentioned you know he's worked with Francis before. I think, I think you're right here. I think if if we ignore, um, kind of a bad run in Buffalo, which may be a um, and it's justified. I will say it's justified. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he's here for. He's not right. here to make the decisions. Hopefully. He's not here to to be the guy up top telling or making these final decisions, right? right. He's going to be essentially a consultant. Um, and like I said, the, the, the cap is going to stay flat. He has so much experience with Pittsburgh with the cap space. Um, but we're also talking about NHL drafts and the expansion here, right? Mm-hmm. He was in charge of the Pittsburgh um, AHL team, the Penguins, Um which is huge because we're going to have down at Palm Springs, our AHL team, and we're going to have what the expansion draft is. When is it? It's supposed that, to be like June or July. I think it is July 21st, July 21st. And then 21st. two days later we have the NHL entry draft. One thing that's not happening right now is people are not scouting, right? A lot of these players that were playing up in the world juniors weren't skating. This was their first time on the ice in a long time. Right. Scouts are not scouting these players. Things like when I was on in Anaheim for the WHL combine, right? That's not happening. A lot of these players are not, or scouts are not getting eyes on. We know that some teams are going to have their facilities open for scouts, but most will not. 
Right. So this is, we're going to need to be spending a lot of time working with people with experience to get that NHL entry job. It's our first one. It's huge. It's how we build a prospect pool. Mm-hmm. And he has so much experience with that, that I would argue that him as a GM in Buffalo was terrible. He made a bunch of really bad moves and I don't see how he failed so badly with so many high draft picks, but that's not what he's here for. He's here to help build the team, um, deal with the cap space, which will be huge and deal with player prospects. And I think for that right there, he's a fantastic signing. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's a team. It's a team, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got your GM of course, and maybe he, maybe it was maybe moving up to like the, you know, general manager position might seems like maybe it was a little bit premature for him for Buffalo and Buffalo has a whole, probably a whole other slate of issues besides that. But like him and Ricky Olchek and Ron Francis, like all three of those working together, I think that could be a really dynamic combo. Yeah. And you touched on something really important there is that we don't know the details of what happened in Buffalo, right? We don't know right. if the owners are using him as a scapegoat because they did come out and say some things like they were lost at their faith in him, but we don't know that it's all speculation. And while I think it's an educated guess, regardless, it's not what he's here for. So right. I mean, I, I'm happy about it. I know there's a lot of people online saying it's controversial and it's a terrible signing, but I think if you look at it for what the value actually is, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think any the Kraken like front office is so skilled at hiring people to and bringing them on. Like, like I automatically think good things about whoever they bring on. Like, I don't know, they could bring on like one of the worst people in the world, and I'd be like, I don't know, that maybe there's some hidden depths there. <laughs> well, you're right. There is that kind of sense of optimism, uh, seeing what has come through the pipe already. Um, Jason Botterill, I mean, I was very skeptical about it. Uh, like you said, uh, with just what he was doing in Buffalo, not knowing much about his history. But I think you may have turned turned the tide uh, for me. And uh, I think I'm going to be a little more optimistic about this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I understand what everyone's saying. But, I mean, we have one of the strongest and biggest analytics staff. And we haven't even stepped on the ice once. The puck hasn't dropped here yet, right? Yeah, he may have more support here. He's going to have a lot of he's support. Yeah. He's going to have people over his head helping him make decisions, or at least he's going to be feeding decisions to somebody else who has to make the final decision. He's not even just the AGM. He's one of two. Right. There's just so many. I think there's a lot of gates there that will allow him to really succeed in the spot where he succeeded in Pittsburgh. Well, and especially working under, you know, Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Pittsburgh is going to be a disaster this season. Jim (laughs) Rutherford. I don't know what's going up with uh, what's going on with that guy. Holy crap. Um, But I mean, there was rumors floating around that Pittsburgh was talking about bringing him back for assistant GM spot or at least a spot in the front office. So, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of success. (laughs) I hate to say it, but I mean, are you going to argue with them? You know? Right. I feel like I feel like Kraken, the Kraken front office hiring him makes me feel good things about him. And then the hearing that Pittsburgh was thinking about bringing him back makes me feel bad things about him. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I just have very I have a lot of salty feelings towards Pittsburgh this year. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Norm McIver um, coming from Chicago, a little bit less controversial of a pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy had tremendous success in Chicago. Um, I think now during their rebuild, as they're calling it, um, is a good time for him to leave and come to a team that he can 
maybe get back into the uh, into the glory. Um, he's the director of player personnel, um, and I was chatting with uh, Doug a little bit before we started recording, and I have no idea what a player personnel director does. Uh, <laughs> Doug, can you enlighten us? Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I think varies between the front office. Um, some teams have multiple, but just think of it as a manager. Um, they kind of oversee player personnel, scouting. They don't really make the decisions, mm-hmm. but they make sure the decisions are being carried out in the right way. Gotcha. Um, okay. They, they can be almost a second or, I guess, a right-hand man for players as well in terms of being somebody that they can go to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's got 14 years at Chicago, right? Right. Um, three During Stanley some Cups. of their greatest seasons, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he's a former player with, the, I mean, a bunch of games, hundreds of games. So it's not like he just played a couple years in the league. Um, right. It's great. I mean, I, I think it's just another example of the Kraken really finding people and putting them in the right position to succeed. Well, there you go. Two more uh, additions to the team. Uh, the other big news that uh, is coming. Oh, just before we move sure, on, I, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so. Obviously, the Kraken aren't perfect. I mean, they're perfect, but they're not perfect, right? So No corporation I'm, is. <laughs> no corporation is. No organization is. And it's it's one of those things where every time they hire someone, I'm like, oh, that's such a good decision. You're so good. You're so smart. You're, so, you're such a smart team. I love you so much. Like, it's my inner monologue whenever it's, they hire someone. It's the honeymoon I'm, period. You're in it right now. <laughs> I am completely dumb in love with the Seattle Kraken. But... What I'm wondering, and this is going to be something to noodle over, is, like, which one of these hires is going to be, like, the mistake? Like, no team, no organization is perfect. Which one in, like, two years is going to be, like, ah, that wasn't a good mood, that wasn't going to fit, like, you know, that person made a ton of mistakes? I think we can predict it. And I think it's really? going to, I think the person who tends to be the biggest scapegoat and the person that people put most weight on is the head coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, Right. That's a whole other conversation. Vegas already lost theirs. Yeah. I mean, Galan was, I mean, he, the way he left Florida too, remember? Yep. The rumors were, what was it? He was on a loading dock and they had didn't even get him a cab and he had to pay for the cab himself and everything. Right. But, I mean. Cold-blooded. Yeah. It's, I mean, so we know that they have a green light from the ownership to pick a head coach, but there's absolutely zero information about when they're going to do that or if they're. I mean, I'm sure they're working on it now, but I think, I, I have a feeling it, we're not going to see an announcement yeah. for that until much later in the season, yeah. if not the off season. But I mean, I think he, I think, or whoever it is, he or she will be the person that would be the easiest to isolate and kind of point fingers at, as they usually That's are. That's a good point. Well, the two the two people that usually get the axe first are GMs and coaches. Sometimes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Often so, at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably right. That's going to be, um, just from history standpoint, that's going to be who's going to go first. And you hate to see it, but um, it could be a scout that, uh, you know, scouted the wrong player, gave bad info, but we'll never know about that. Yeah. Because that's be not a sexy headline. So. Sitting in a dark room somewhere in some basement. Right. I'm just kidding. It's cracking. I <laughs> probably have a million dollar facility. Right. I mean, they're going to be in the Northgate facility. Yeah. That's where the team offices are going to yeah. be. So that's a shiny new office building. <laughs> oh, I would not I'm, mind working there. And I'm going to use that segue real quick. So oh, yeah. uh, 
we uh we are recording on uh monday january 11th um and as of today we had some breaking news about the northgate facility um so northgate mall is uh being uh demolished around uh, where they are building the new northgate uh practice facility uh there was a big construction accident today as they were um looked like the old nordstrom building i think it was actually saturday but news came out today but you're right yeah Saturday double check it happened yeah i'm probably correct me if i'm wrong people listen i'm looking no, it was at saturday uh, yeah okay. chris daniels broke this um yeah. from king five um and crews demolishing the old nordstrom building um allowed a bunch of debris to fall onto the kraken site no injuries um but it is you know quite a bit of damage um is what we're hearing um kraken did put out a statement and they said that this is uh they are confident that this will not impact the opening uh opening timeline um but you've got the uh the owners of the mall who are not making a statement which is never a good sign yeah that's never good and so uh they are working to assess the damage as we speak i mean worst case scenario though i mean that they don't have a headquarters but i suspect heading into the season a lot of people are working from home anyway yeah and they can skate on the ice in kirina or find one of the local rinks around and it's good there. So I, it's not the end of the world. I think at the end of the day, we can just be happy that nobody was seriously hurt or hurt at all. Right. Because That's that could have been really away. bad. Honestly, Absolutely. I'm just happy that the Northgate Mall is getting torn down. Like, <laughs> I tear it down, build something from the ashes. I'm done with it. So I'm I happy mean, to see Chris Daniels talking about hockey again. Yeah. It seemed like he was the only person spitting out info for a long time. I mean... To be fair, we haven't talked about hockey I know. for a while. <laughs> Nobody's talked about yeah, hockey, well I feel like, in a while. Well-deserved break. I mean, we got a, <laughs> the Stanley Cup came and went, and then I had what was normally my summer, I guess my fall and winter at this point, where I can just not think about it for a while. I mean, I've just been <laughs> – I think my only – I think World Juniors, that was fun. but World oh, Juniors yeah. was great, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's um, Go USA. a nice win for the USA, which is um, – I, I don't know if anybody watched those games, but it was um, that was Canada's tournament to lose. Oh and, yeah, uh, boy, did they lose! Um, I mean, they... I so heading into that game. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, heading go into for the it. game, I was saying it was Canada's game to lose, but mm-hmm. I don't think Canada lost that game. I think the U.S. beat them. It just outright outplayed Canada in every aspect, and it's strange because you watched Canada like the whole tournament, and they were looked like an NHL team out there. They were perfect. Well, you, how many of their players are? already drafted right i mean the what like every forward is in the was in the first round draft at one point (laughs) right um but it's like they you couldn't identify a single weakness that they had Mm -hmm. and i mean there was a few spots with the u.s but they just dominated them it seems like they had a really good team chemistry this year too like Mm -hmm. that was definitely one of the narratives coming out of the the world juniors was how good of a chemistry the uh united states team had so which is just flabbergasting to think about because none of these teams have the ability to you know have their normal camps have that time together that you would normally have these teams were thrown together and i and they weren't right, skating. Becca, yeah, they weren't skating. And I, th- I think Becca's absolutely right. I think the U.S. adapted to that a lot better than some of the other teams. I mean, Trevor Zegras, can we talk about him for a second? Let's let's talk about What Trevor. a beast he is going to be in Anaheim oh. that we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fun to watch, though. Yeah, that's or we'll steal good. him. 
We could probably <laughs> steal him. I don't think he's going anywhere for a little he's bit. He's going to be ineligible for that expansion. Yeah, hey, you know what? The Seattle Kraken could do anything. That's very true. They're my perfect babies. We saw weird trades during uh, leading up to the expansion draft for Vegas. So there's, I mean... Hopefully yeah. GMs got a little smarter after getting the fleecing that they got from Vegas. But Doubtful. Uh, also hopefully they didn't because I would love to see that kind of chaos again. If they were – see, heading into this expansion draft, I was not expecting them to have the same leverage mm-hmm. as um, Vegas did. And I, this is really challenging to say, and I don't mean it truly, but, I mean, COVID-19 might be a blessing in disguise for them because of the flat cap. People needed to dump contracts. Players mm-hmm. not being able to get massive second-year contracts. Seattle starting from fresh. It, it could bring back that leverage that they originally lost because of Vegas. You, I mean, you could be right. That could be – you could see a lot of teams that maybe come out of this uh, this pandemic where they're maybe not strapped for cash in a, in a salary cap sense, but strapped for cash in a we-cannot-pay-this-much-to-our-players yeah. sense. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, some of these teams are going to be – much better off, you know, with billionaires owning them versus mm-hmm. some of these other teams that have only multimillionaires owning them. So, yeah. yeah, and and like Vegas had the I don't know Vegas had like the element of surprise going on there, and oh, and yeah. I feel like for Seattle, even though the rules are the same, yeah, there's just so many other like pressures going on, like the flat cap, where it's like, and um, the flat cap and the fact that it. Isn't the trade, there's something going on with like the trade deadline or, oh, I think there was an article I saw, I forget from who, of like, they were expecting players to be traded less because of COVID-19 restrictions. Yeah. I or like, yeah. just yeah, like trades within the US or something like that. It's, so there's a restriction there that might affect the outcome. Yeah. And I mean, during these like unknown times, you kind of, I imagine, don't want to mess with anything too much mm-hmm. because if you sign a player and then next year's a flat cap again right then all of a sudden these contracts are going to be screwing you over right. and i mean if you have some stars that need that second contract which is usually the big one coming out of like an entry-level contract you are going to be hesitant to sign them um right. and also you have um yeah i mean i i just think it there's so much unknown that people are going to be hesitant to really do anything yeah you also have to look at the fact that this is a season where 56 games versus 82 so that's a good chunk of the season that's gone i mean our timeline that we're looking at for things like trade deadline you know season versus season opener versus start of the playoffs Mm -hmm. um these things are all very close together yeah i mean trade deadline has been pushed over pushed into april um but that's that's still not that much time compared to this to a, a january 13th start so we're looking at very contracted so these teams have a lot less time to kind of figure out if these players are going to be good enough for a playoff run. Is that does that mean that they dump them quicker, or does uh-huh. that mean they hang on to them out of fear? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, I feel like there's the you know, what is it like gap control, but it's mm-hmm. like contractually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we might see a lot of or some answers February first when teams can start asking players to waive their no trade clauses ahead of the expansion draft because again you have that's the no trade very clause. quickly after yeah. the start of the season yeah, that's right away weeks. yeah that's so. right away so and it's that's you have to start thinking about who you're willing to lose that quickly yeah that's i mean that's insanity and then I they mean, have you, two months to make a deal because yeah. trade deadlines march or april 12th 
Right. But then you still have, you know, a few weeks of the season and you have the playoffs to think about. But then, oh, now we've got an expansion draft to think about. we yeah. got to think about which players we uh, – and when do they have to have their lists in? July oh, only a few 17th. days before. Yeah. It, Man, well, that's – They'll be working on it, but that's when they the do. They'll be made public to us mm-hmm. on July seventeenth as well. But yeah, I mean, they go from the seventeenth. They have the expansion draft protection list due. Mm-hmm. The twenty first, we have the expansion draft at five p.m. Thank you, Dan. And then <laughs> July twenty third through the twenty fourth, we have the NHL entry draft. Right. And then on July twenty eighth, free agency opens. So that's mayhem for teams. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, not only is the new front office for the Kraken going to get a workout through all that. I mean, probably some long hours and, and pots of coffee, but I mean, every other team as well. Cause yeah. on the heels of, you know, a shortened season on the heels of an expansion draft. Now they all, all of a sudden have to start putting their team back together. Um, I always feel like an expansion draft kind of really, how do I put this nicely? You know, kind of shakes a lot of things, uh, loose for some teams and uh you know they kind of have to put pick up the pieces a little bit even though they're only losing one player um mm-hmm. sometimes that's um you look at pittsburgh losing mark andre fleury i mean that kind of really changed the shape of that team um i have a feeling we're going to see that like some player yeah. that is not necessarily the most ideal for a team to lose is going to be lost and that's the great thing about these expansion draft rules, it's what I really loved watching when Vegas was drafting players, is that there is some equity. It's not like when Columbus or Minnesota were drafting players mm-hmm. in an expansion draft and then they were just crappy teams for 20 years. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially with those uh, the teams that have like a really stacked roster or are ready to contend with the cup, like those are finely tuned machines a lot of the case a lot of the time of like teams that are ready to win and if you have to take one of those pieces away i feel like it could mess up the whole machine yeah absolutely absolutely is there a i'm going to come put both of you on the spot here is there a player that you you know let's throw out expansion drafts let's throw out contracts it's just the most ideal player you would like to see on the crack and come next season Mm. <laughs> Deafening go first silence. Or should I? Yeah, I, mean, I, I have an idea. I, I think but... the first thing that comes to my head is T.J. Oshi. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you want to talk about boys. a veteran? Yeah, local guy, veteran presence, right? Mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, playoffs, playing with some of the best skaters in the world. Ov, right? Right. Coming with a team that's going to need veteran leadership. I mean, there might be a lot of veterans on it, but somebody who can gel together and knows how to play and win. Um. I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind, T.G. Oshie. How's this, how's this production been lately? Huh? I, I haven't... Fine, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like, quick, but... I feel like it's middling. I mean, he's getting... He's old. He looks. Yeah, he still looks older. like he's 20, but he's, what, 35, 34? <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, those are the players that you're going to watch is, like, the aging stars and the, and the third favorite players or the third most important players or something like that. Those are the ones to kind of keep an eye on, I, I feel mean, like. He, he, through 69 games just last year, he had 26 goals and 23 assists for 49 points. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, that's on par with some of his best seasons. Yeah. I mean, 2017 was his best, but, I mean, the guy still yeah. produces points. So, I mean, I would, I would not be uh, sad to see him uh, come onto the team. I mean, if he's yeah. such an important part of that Caps power play too, so yeah, yeah. I mean, in two thousand in two thousand sixteen, he had twenty six goals and twenty five assists. Oh, so That's he's right around there. Yeah, yeah. 
Not bad at all. Um, for me, if we're throwing out like contracts in like reality, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I want to see Ethan Bear on Ooh. the Seattle Kraken. Oh, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Mostly because I, I watched though. him in the th- like he was on the Thunderbirds team when I was first getting into hockey, and so like this is mm. this is half like he's a really uh, a young defenseman with a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, also like, it's very purely sentimental for me is like, I'd like to, he, I think he was at one of the first games I saw, like one of the first in-person games I went to period in like 2017 or something like that. And mm-hmm. so like, that's very, like, if I saw, uh, Ethan bear on the Kraken, I think, I think my heart would like, would be happy. He's with Edmonton, Edmonton right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah Edmonton right now. I wasn't um, sure if he'd moved or anything. Well, I think he played in the, the playoffs fun- last year. I think he made his yeah. debut. Yeah, I think you're right. He I, well, no, he had already made his debut. I remember. Oh his, no, no, no! Playoff debut. Sorry. Oh, playoff debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I mean, he's young. <laughs> he's yeah, a good yeah. player, young. good defenseman. He's got a hell of a shot. I, I think um, he's still developing, but I think he's got a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. No, Absolutely. I agree. I'm gonna go with another Oiler. Um, I think Tyson Berry. Mm. Um, just because oh, I think I've heard that. I well, <laughs> I just remember him from from the his days in the Avalanche where he was such a great quarterback on the power play. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that when he left, it took a while for the Avalanche to really get back into their groove with. Didn't really have a great uh, time in in Toronto, unfortunately. But I think he's he's a player that coming onto a new team and, and really kind of be able to figure out his game and at this point being a veteran presence uh you know he's had quite a few years in the league at this point he still produces i mean this guy's an assist machine i think you know he had 39 points last year um that is that's not bad for a guy who didn't do great that's really not bad i mean so yeah it's it's somebody i think um the kraken would would really benefit from Mm -hmm. he may not be your first line uh defenseman um probably not in your first pairing but i would say he's somebody that uh they're their defensive core would would really benefit from having. Wasn't he on the All Star yeah. team not too long ago, a couple years ago? Oh, wow, that's a great. I think he might have been. I think, you, I think he was, but don't quote me on that. But I, I mean, think him not doing well in Toronto wasn't necessarily his fault. It no. just wasn't like a good fit, you know. I don't think he enjoyed playing under uh, um, under the coaching staff there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, at the at the end of the day, too, when even when he was in Colorado, he put up major assist points. But I mean. Mm-hmm. What else could he have done if he had more responsibility? Because that team is stacked. Right. Yeah. Um, he's from Victoria. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of also PNW native. Well, yeah. no idea. Um, he was in the AHL All-Star game, but he was never in a NHL All-Star game. Is that what it was? I think that's when I was covering the Colorado Eagles. I think that's what I know it from. 2012? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, I swear he was in an All-Star game recently. Maybe not. <laughs> what is time? Yeah, because that that would have been Lake Erie um, for Colorado at mm. that point. The Eagles wouldn't have been in the AHL. So yeah, that's before uh, they stole the trophy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So uh, April twelfth is when we can really start making our uh, our mock drafts and everything like that. Even though we've seen countless ones on the uh on the internet uh, up to this point mm-hmm. but uh really ones with some teeth i think is what we're gonna see so um i have a feeling 
each and every one of us is going to be making our own mock draft yeah. to put up on the website. So I think after also March 12th, when they can start signing one-year deals for extensions on one-year deals, mm-hmm. that'll also be a telling sign. Yeah, I think you're right. Right. I feel like the 2021 season is like a buffet and the Kraken are standing there with an empty plate. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be a weird season. I mean, it's um, 56 games if everything goes well. Um, we've already had Dallas. Um, they're not starting, uh, what, until the 19th, so they get a few days off because they've had six players and two staff members already uh, test positive for COVID. Oh, my so, goodness. Great start to the season for them. Yeah. Uh, starting this Wednesday. Um, we'll try and get this out t- uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. But uh, I mean, maybe Wednesday. Yeah. Who knows? We'll hey, see yo. how fast our producer can do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think the Canucks also pra- uh, canceled like a practice yeah, they or did. something. There was a, I don't know if anyone got anything. I don't. I haven't seen that. I think that, it was a scare. It was it a was scare. Like a, yeah. I mean, you've got the potential. Sharks, right? They can't, they can't play. They're playing in Arizona right now. Right. Right. Um, pretty much state of California says, or not state of California, sorry. Um, yeah. Is it the whole state says yeah. no, nobody can play? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the 49ers I, couldn't. They had to play in like Arizona. Yeah, they didn't. I don't know what right. about, I know, don't, do not know about the Kings or the Ducks. Because I know LA was playing, uh, the LA Rams were playing in their stadium. So yeah. I have a feeling LA County doesn't really care. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, in, whatever you got to do, like, cities are getting hit hard you know yeah but the nice thing about um you know sports as long as you and there are some teams that are planning on having some fans in the building which i think is just a terrible idea yeah but as as long as you can lock it down um at least somewhat you know you've seen some nfl teams that are have done a great job with this nba i think is kind of the closest um that we can look at as far as uh, a league and how they're doing because you know same amount of games kind of generally the same amount of people on a squad yeah. um they have done pretty well um, i haven't heard any major disruptions uh from the nba so i think uh, i think it's doable uh, mm-hmm. the nhl i was looking through they kind of dropped all the covid protocol that they uh, they are expecting all the teams to follow this year and it is it's a novel in and of itself it's pretty much its own rule book so um, they are definitely planning on enforcing it, and they are planning on having a lot of different checks uh, in that system. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, on that. I mean, I think a lot of it. And correct me if I'm wrong. I know you um, were listening to Batman. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not. But what I've gathered so far is that there's a lot of just openness to it. There's, yeah, there's, they're really they're not ru- nailing anything down. Yeah, there's, there's no rules kind of. Written. They're gonna play by year to see what happens. That's uh, that seems like a bad idea when you're talking about a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they're more as far as the scheduling of things. Yeah. Um, oh, they're definitely the being very yeah. hardcore about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID and everything like yeah. that. But as far oh, as like, okay. we need to cancel a game. Screw it, we'll cancel a game. Yeah. They're, are we gonna? Yeah. They're even again, open to the idea gonna... of teams not playing the same amount of games, which I don't know how they're going to shake that out. But so that they... just happened with MLS, mm-hmm. um, and they ended up going to points per game. That I think is probably the best way to do it. If you if you end up having that, I mean, there's how many tiebreakers in in NHL yeah. playoff standing yep. already. I'm sure you could find a way to just kind of move points down. Who had the least COVID <laughs> oh, man. cases? Oh yeah, that, yeah. that should be a metric. Yeah, incentivize well. a team yeah. to, to take it seriously. <laughs> um, as well. Man, this is this has got to be really crazy for the NHL at this time because like 
they are not necessarily a league that's known for being like modern or mm-hmm. uh, quick to change or anything like that. They're right. very much like kind of more on the conservative end, more like traditional. And so, yeah, it must be really weird for them to have to adapt like this because like that's not necessarily something they're great at doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm optimistic though. They did a really great job with the bubble for the playoffs. I mean, they, pretty much had no there was no none. real scares yeah um, no scares but all of the players hated it so <laughs> i'm sure uh, yeah. but and it's really it's unfeasible to do that for a full season you just can't do yeah. it yeah by the way re- before we move on real quick i just want to say something to mm-hmm. all those people who were melting off to tuka rask about leaving the bubble early oh yeah ca- calling for him to leave the bruins and death threats and everything else you were doing the guy left because his daughter had to go to the hospital. Right. So I have some fine words I would love to say to you as a Bruins fan, but I'll keep them to myself. This is a family show. Well, yeah. and also like, it's, it's also like none of your business, yeah, you like, know, if he made the decision to leave the bubble, I mean, players don't make those decisions lightly. Like mm-hmm. they want to win just as much as their fans do. And so if he, he doesn't owe anyone an explanation nope. in my book, but also like, I hope you feel like an asshole now. So, All right. yeah. but I mean, just purely from the fact that I never felt like him making decisions, I got to leave the bubble. Um, I mean, can you imagine being away from your loved ones that you yeah. spend every day with for weeks on end? And I got it. I you got to go, you might go a little stir crazy. I yeah. mean, I would never fault anybody for that. So, you know, I I was very supportive of his decision when it first happened. Um, I thought it was a little strange, but I was, you know, the mm-hmm. team seemed to be fine. They weren't upset with him or anything like that. So I was like, there's probably something we're not yeah. privy to here. And if the guy is just truly not going to be able to be there, then it's better for the team if he's not there. Um, the the more information that has come out, I mean, it's just made so many people, you know, and a lot of journalists too, who usually are better than this, um, look very dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> very very yeah. dumb so. absolutely especially because he just sat there and took it yeah this, this didn't come out until a couple, few days ago so right. it's like well good on him yeah i mean he good really didn't have to too. explain anybody to anything i'm sure it was hard yeah. for the bruins front office i mean mm-hmm. i should tread carefully because of the Bruins front office but they were i mean they could have easily <laughs> said something right to back up their player but they didn't right Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's it kind of speaks to a, a larger, I think, cultural issue in hockey, too, which is like players not necessarily taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, leave it all on the ice, you know, do all you can for the team, which which I think mm-hmm. are really good mindsets to have. But I think with the NHL, it can turn really toxic, which is like. You know, when it, when players play through like broken bones or broken like tibias, or there was a couple of players of like, yeah, who had like a broken leg during the playoffs last year and they were playing through it and it was like that's not great. And there's <sighs> a ton of articles about players with mental health issues mm-hmm. who do not seek out help because they think it'll hurt their teams. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Anytime a player, you know, says, no, I have to do this. It's a tough decision, but I really need to do this for myself. I kind of celebrate that because there is like a little bit of a toxicity, like definitely, you know, teams are families. They can be families. They can, um, you know, I love those team dynamics where, you know, the players are really close and the the players also like give it their all. They like put everything out on the ice. I love mm-hmm. that, but I don't like it when it becomes toxic. Yeah. Right. I mean, Andrew Luck, remember he got booed off the field in Indianapolis when he retired for mental health reasons. Like, yeah. What are you doing? 
Right. That's uh, kind of goes counter against the idea of the team aspect. The team should be there to support the player as much as the player is there to support the team, mm-hmm. in my yeah. opinion. And that I think that trickles down to the fans. I mean, if you're not a good fan, then I don't think you should be around. I don't think you should be rooting for a team. If you're yeah. a bad well, fan, then we don't have any time. We don't have any time for you. The fans and the organizations, you know, like like mm-hmm. Doug, didn't you just say like the Bruins could have done more to support him or something yeah, like I that? Mean, like they, they could. Well, my view was that the Bruins did well because they could have easily felt the need to defend their player while he was getting ostracized by fans and media. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. They kept his information personal. Mm, and so yes. I almost give like a stick tap to the Bruins when I usually am yelling at them. Right. <laughs> well, some other goalie news. I mean, we had a couple big retirements uh, on the goalie side mm-hmm. of things. Um, first off, Henrik Lundqvist, who has had to he's not retiring uh he is not retired yet but uh, he's had to f- opt out of this season w- without playing a game for his new team uh Washington Capitals because he found out that he uh, has a heart condition that he's going to have to uh, have an aortic valve replacement aortic root and ascending aortic replacement uh thank you for typing that all out Doug yeah <laughs> I would never have been able to research that um he uh as of yesterday he was out of his surgery went well five hours under the knife so um that's great to hear I mean Henrik Lundqvist is one of my favorite players he's uh pure class and so uh, I mean it's gonna he's really so stink handsome. not seeing him play I would have loved to see him play um you know in a new uniform and kind of under with a new team because I think uh um, you know, it was kind of near in the end there in, in New York, and I was going to be sad to see him retire, but I'm glad he's not planning on doing that. So hopefully that he gets to come back next season. Yeah. Do you think it's like a, a de facto retirement? Like, I know he said oh, he was that. opting out of the upcoming season, but, mm-hmm. like, he only signed a year deal with the Caps, I think, and it was for a pretty low salary. I don't know if – do you guys see him making a comeback from this? or I personally don't. I'm – Henrik Lundqvist is one of those guys that you always kind of wonder, is is this going to be his last year? So I, um, I'm interested. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no just yet. I, I think mean, he's, if there was any player, any other player going through this, I would say now they're, they're done. But I, Henrik Lundqvist seems like one of those guys that could come back from this. Yeah. We just had, oh my gosh, his name is now slipping through my mind. <laughs> um, St. Louis Blues, he collapsed on the bench, remember? Oh the yeah. Heart. He just retired today. Oh, you're oh, right. Really? I did Who was see that. that. I, I, his name is something. You, because you are forgetting his name now, I am too. So, um, but regardless, good for him. I mean, if if he yeah. take the time, that's terrifying. I think most yeah. of us would be making that decision. Right. Well, um, the other one uh, that I mentioned is Corey Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Crawford has been in the league for ten years. Um, has had. Quite a, a bad stint with injuries, um, especially concussions. Um, signed a pretty big two-year deal, uh, almost eight million bucks with the uh, the Devils um, after long time. Like I said, almost ten years with the uh, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, they said he was taking an indefinite leave of absence for uh, personal reasons. Again, nice and vague by the team. Give the uh, give the guy his space, um, and then pretty quickly after that, he announced his retirement. So. Uh, Yes, it may leave uh, the Devils scrambling, kind of looking for who's going to be their number one because I think they were planning on that with uh, with Corey Crawford there. 
but uh, another one where I'm I'm really happy to see uh, Corey Crawford taking care of himself. Yep. You see a lot of guys who, you know, especially with concussions and, and these kind of things that lead uh, to some mental health problems because they don't take care of themselves. And uh, I'm, I'm hopefully this means that the uh, the conversation and the and the culture around uh, you know concussions is is changing in the NHL. Yep. Definitely. Awesome. Um, Did you guys see that? Um, this is like breaking news from today. Oh. oh God, who's that guy on the Who's that guy on the Sharks? Joe um, Norton. Oh wait, no, actually. Who? Evander Kane. Yeah. He oh yeah. Filed he's for bankruptcy. Bankrupt. Yeah. Oh, Chapter Seven bankruptcy. You were yeah. right. I did see that. Yeah. Today. Which is funny because I feel like he was the one who was trying to pick a fight with some random YouTuber or something like that over the off season. Um, <laughs> like he was like, "Fight me." He just signed a massive deal too. He did. He signed a huge deal, um, but there's also the possibility that he doesn't play this season because he was. There were rumblings of that. So um, he he's been at camp, so he may still play. Um, he has twenty six point eight million dollars in debt right now. Oh um, boy! Just signed a what? Oh yeah, he was studio? trying to pick a fight with Jake Paul. Like oh, in the geez. last month or so. Well, it's I'm like, okay with that. Anybody should, anybody should do that. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, like Jake Paul has a very punchable face because right. of all a lot of the things he does. Yeah. So, so I'm okay with that. He he can do that. Uh, 2018, Kane signed a seven-year, forty million nine forty-nine million dollar contract with the Sharks. So, I mean, he's sitting pretty for a while, but he's. Uh, Apparently had some uh, some money troubles. So oh we'll man, see how that shakes out. I, I was thinking see what Patrick the story Kane is behind that. Oh no, Evander oh, I'm Kane. Sorry. Yeah, um, Patrick Kane's got his own problems. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like that's why Patrick yeah. Kane's been a star for so long. I feel like he could uh, probably pay twenty six million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and also the St. Louis Blue that you were thinking of that retires Jay Bomeister. So oh now. yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Terrifying. Yeah, 11 months ago. Super scary. So, yeah, was uh, 37 years old. So uh, the guy's definitely, um, he's been around a while. Yeah. Uh, 15 seasons. Um, Why is everyone in their 30s? I still, maybe it's like my mindset is I always think I'm in my late 20s, even though I'm 33. So <laughs> right. um, maybe well, that's just that me. TJ Oshay is the same age as me, and people are, are saying, oh, he's hitting so the end old. of his career. That makes me feel old. So. Weren't you just talking about taking a five-mile Five mile walk and not being able to do much. It was a walk. Yeah, TJ Oshie's out there skating I miles. I felt terrible. <laughs> I know the next time that I am on skates, I'm going to be sucking air for two days afterwards. Oh, yeah. So. Um, good news. Congratulations, Matt Barzell. Three year, $21 million deal with the Islanders. Um, nice. His agent was smart with this one because he will be a restricted free agent when the deal expires that will require at least an $8.4 million qualifying offer heading into free agency next year. That is amazing. Yeah. Somebody was looking out for him. Somebody Um, needs to give that agent a raise. Yep. But yeah. (laughs) That's another one I'd like to see in Seattle. Corey Perry is not in the NHL right now, which is nice. That's fantastic. I love it. What? I didn't hear about this. Fill me in. Um, Montreal placed him on waivers, I believe. Let me just double check and not... Make sure I'm not well, yeah, wade through that waiver wire because that was uh, there was a lot of players that got put on waivers. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that that Corey Perry like video of him walking off of the outdoor game ice like two minutes into it that's that lives on forever in my heart. Oh yeah, I didn't know it. Yeah, it's just the like the classic. perfect reaction gif. There is it's... nothing more 
the only thing I hate more than Corey Perry is the Habs. So it's it's great to see. Him. <laughs> so do you like the fact that they kind of uh, screwed him over? There yeah, I'd like to see them both, Phil. <laughs> Wait, did he just like sign with the Habs or something like that? I no. feel like wasn't he in? It was in, he was in Dallas. Forever. In Dallas, yep. yeah. That's, oh, he was yeah, he Dallas was in at Dallas the, at the Warner Classic. Yeah. So right. he, I don't know when he signed her. It was I think it was during the off season, right? Yeah. Yeah. No idea what his deal was, and I don't really care to look it up. So honestly, I don't know what Montreal's deal is either. So well, whoever does, like Montreal's deal is like leaning on uh, Carey Price as hard as they can. <laughs> Have you seen his new helmet though? It's pretty. No. Great. It's oh pretty man, it is amazing. I'll look it up. I'll, we will tweet out a picture of it if you have not seen it. I have got to say, I am excited to see. Um, we've already seen a few of them trickling out helmet designs for the goalies to match the reverse retro jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I put up my uh, ranking of the reverse retro jerseys, and I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of people that have different. So I, how many rankings did you see come out the day that uh, <laughs> yeah. Reverse Retro? So we we at Cascadia had to have our own. Um, but the uh, the goalie for the Avalanche, uh, Pavel Frensos, tweeted out his kind of Nordiques uh, homage. Uh, his helmet looks amazing. You know, to see kind of some of those old school ones, I, I can't wait to see Carolina's uh, Hartford Whalers uh, helmets that are mm-hmm. going to match those jerseys. Insulting. Some, yeah. some pretty sweet wild wing ones for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Like, uh, it's just, it's going to look fantastic. Yeah, okay. So. Okay. So I get it. I understand. <laughs> I understand the Colorado Avalanche putting, like, out a Nordiques jersey and the, like, you know, the Carolina doing of whatever team they I stole don't. their team from. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. As, as someone who lived through the Sonics being stolen... Like if if Oklahoma ever put out like a reverse retro Seattle Supersonics jersey, Seattle would the burn. town would go nuts. Yeah, Seattle would oh, burn. Yeah. Like we would riot. Well, Hartford Whaler fans hate the fact that Carolina Hurricanes are are using their logos. Um, they hate it. Um, I don't care because I'm not like a. I was never a Whalers fan back in the day. I mean, they played before I even knew what hockey was. Um, I can tell you from my own personal experience visiting Quebec City and telling people I was from Denver, they hate the fact that the Avalanche exist. Well, Quebec, people not, in Quebec hate they, everything, so it's just yeah, it's it true. They uh, I got plenty of shit when I was out there um, being uh, being somebody who was an Avalanche fan. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. the The animosity is there. I think what uh, what's going on right now though is that all the other teams don't care. So. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of, like, I, I feel like there's the animosity there, but maybe it's, like, just been old enough or, like, maybe it wasn't as, like, I don't know. I feel like I feel the like Sonics, the Sonics being stole. When did they stolen. leave town? It was 2008. Um, oh, so that's still that's still pretty fresh. That's a yeah, fresh it's still f- pretty fresh. And, and honestly, like, they got done dirty. There's a whole, like, mm-hmm. documentary about it. It's... And I, I have a I have a connection because uh, my husband's family worked for the Sonics, and so they had a lot of like ties there. And so I just know there was a ton of he, he was what he was like the team trainers, what doctor? Yeah, yeah. My my husband's uh, grandpa was the the trainer for That's the awesome. Sonics. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, his his grandma worked for uh, I think the executive offices. It was Frank and Sarah Furtado. So nice, nice. Um, yeah, we have we have a sign that uh, they named the old training facility the Furtado Center, and um, after the Frank and Sarah Furtado, and um, now it's the 
Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is where that building used to be. So they they had the sign, um, and uh, the Furtado family like we were able to keep it, and now we have the Furtado Center sign hanging above our fireplace. <laughs> That's awesome. That was amazing. So That's awesome. we have a little bit of history in our our condos. That's also awesome. nice. Well, uh, those reverse retro jerseys, love them or hate them, um, they will be worn during the outdoor games that are coming. Uh, so, Stadium Series, postponed. Winter Classic, postponed. Really quick. Um, the, mm-hmm. I just want to talk about the Canucks ombre look a little bit. Do you love it? I, I love, love it. it. I love it. Anytime they try to do something new, I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's try it out. Well, now you're going to make me look at what I... Um, ranked it as that's the one with the it grant's gonna the, be like, like i hated it <laughs> it like fades to green is that the one i'm talking about yeah it's yeah. the 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 green at the bottom that slowly fades to, to blue. blue at the top yeah. it's that like, part it's i very... hate about it that part i hate no about it. I, oh grant love... you're so wrong no your gradient, is so gradient wrong. stuff sucks i hate gradient, gradient what stuff I, is so great what i do love is that it's it's blue and green that's uh, what i love about it so you have an extremely wrong opinion about this <laughs> I figured I figured you would think that. Um, oh I mean, it's obviously not as bad as the Detroit Red Wings. Their um, theirs look like a practice jersey. Period. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. Well, the Canucks third jersey. It's better than the Canucks third jersey that was red and blue. It was uh, like essentially uh, the same that's jersey. That's not great. Yeah, that yeah. I. It's not the one they should have. Uh, they should have gone with. They should have done something with that sweet V. That V jersey is amazing. Ducks fly together. The jersey. Yeah. yeah, where it's like basically a giant um, like yellow, red, and black V. I mean, it's uh, I'll we'll post a photo of this too. But yeah, um, please. Oh no, that's terrible. I hate I love that. It. It's so no. it's almost like seventies. It's great. Grant and I have opposite opinions for jerseys. <laughs> this seems like. That's probably right. Oh, it's so bad. You know what it looks like? That V jersey looks like, because I just looked it up. (laughs) It looks like, you know, those old timey, like old original Star Trek era, like costumes. Oh, Oh, yeah. It looks like that. Like if you just put that design on like a skin tight bodysuit, it totally could show up in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, these are all hit or miss, but um, (laughs) the fact that we don't have the fishermen, um, but... Lou Lamorello Lula hates that logo, and he would never let his team wear it. So, well, Lou uh, Lamorello sucks. So you know, <laughs> I uh, I don't like the fact that Columbus brought back that CB logo. It's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, New Jersey always looks like Christmas to me. Like I can't look at that jersey without thinking like it's the Christmas theme. <laughs> I love it more so than the uh, the Wilds uh, red and green uh, motif that they have going on some of theirs. Not on their reverse retro. What they instead did was the, you know, the North Stars homage, which is kind of funny to me because isn't that the Dallas Stars? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. The Kings purple and yellow looks pretty damn Love sharp. It. Love it. But again, could have had the Burger King logo. It would have been great. <laughs> you you guys, like, know all these jerseys. I have to look up Burger King logo Kings now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's one of the ugliest jerseys ever. Um, and that's why I love it so much. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, that's not so bad. I like it. I think it's great. <laughs> it's not so bad. Mike the weirder Milbury. the jersey, the better. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. I was scrolling through something real quick. Mike Milbury's out. Did you see that? Love it. Love, Love it. it. Uh, yes. If, but they replaced it. him with Mike Backpock, Babcock, which what? I don't understand. Mike, Mike Backpock. Mike Milbury's out, but Mike Babcock is in. Yeah, a guy who was abusing players. 
Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, uh, Greg Wyshynski tried to ask NBC about, like, hey, like, did you guys talk about this? Like, what led to this decision? They were like, we had many conversations. And it was like, okay. Then what'd you talk about? They definitely pretend they do not see it, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, it's also, I've never really been one to think that Mike Bobcock has any kind of, like, really commanding kind of screen presence ever. Like, he... He's not somebody that I'm like clamoring to see his clips when he's talking after a game. So it's just an odd hire to me. So um, also, what an w- opportunity to bring in someone new, yeah. someone like younger with a fresh, fresh perspective, or like, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily normally get a spot at the table, and they bring in Mike Backpack. Yeah, I mean, you want to think so. about somebody who's like anti new NHL, anti analytics, anti everything yeah. that's new and good about the game. You get Mike Backpack. That's definitely an opinion I want to hear. At Maybe the that's what they're going for. They want to keep kind of that old man dynamic that that no yeah, longer exists. Nickelodeon. I see you doing the NFL. Come to the NHL too. Because right. there's nothing about the NHL that that doesn't keep around their like older demographic. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's not like they're struggling to bring in new fans or anything. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, we could have had a, a new female voice, I think would have been great. Um, yep. I mean, there's plenty out there. I mean, we see that in the NFL right now and in, in the MLB, having plenty of uh, female commentators and uh, and actually analysts, uh, you know, play-by-play. Um, yeah. I like that. I think it um, it's nice to hear somebody else's perspective besides just some crotchety old man. So, Or yeah. like a person of color. Yep. I mean, yeah. like, there's... there whenever I hate that excuse of like oh we looked but there's just nobody out there who's like at the talent level we need it's like well I wonder why you know like there's always someone out there you're just not looking hard enough so I mean also too when you look at it it's like Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup in forever they can't win the world juniors anymore so why are you bringing (laughs) a Canadian broadcaster clearly it's America's game yeah right uh, shots fired by Doug Mellon, everybody. Shots fired. So shots fired. This is why I don't have sure. Twitter anymore. Do we have okay. uh, any Canadian listeners? I guess we're gonna find out. So. I mean, yeah, but we're like a U.S. podcast. So, Mom, you know, I love I you. Feel like I feel like we could be biased. <laughs> there you go. Um, any other news you guys want to bring up? I want to talk about the outdoor games real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, Stadium Series well, uh, postponed. Winter Classic postponed. But we do have two games at Lake Tahoe, which no fans on the 18th hole of a golf course that l- literally overlooks Lake Tahoe. Um, they had a mock-up on uh, on the NHL website of how it, it should look, and it looks amazing. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm. It should be absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a TV event, which is mm-hmm. what these outdoor games usually are anyway. Gorgeous. Um, if I can, if I can attest to that, I mean the sight lines at these places that aren't built for hockey. Uh, not a really a good place to watch hockey if you're in the stands. So. Uh, so this is definitely going to be something for TV, and I think it's a really good way for the NHL to start making up some of those billions they're going to lose this year. So Very uh, much Mystery Alaska-esque. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we got the Philadelphia Flyers and Doug's uh, Boston Bruins and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, of course. They have to play at Lake Tahoe uh, against my Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so Doug and I are... We're so happy, happy about this. Yep. We're so happy about this. I mean, I think Emily Kaplan tweeted out that the NHL needs to think beyond baseball and football fields for its outdoor games going forward, which mm-hmm. I, like, on the one hand, I totally agree because, like, that Lake Tahoe venue looks amazing. Like, Great. it looks gorgeous. And for a year with COVID, like, 
yeah, perfect when mm-hmm. no one can be in the stands. Our friend Sean Larson on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, made a good point about, yeah, the league's not going to walk away from being able to sell 50 to 100K tickets for the games. Yeah. Right. So you well, know, and that's you know the thing. Work. It's like, logistically speaking, this is probably not something they would be able to do in a normal season because you're yeah. not going to build grandstands on a golf course. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. They could, they could do these new MLS stadiums that are being built. The stadiums yeah. are yeah. much steeper, so you're a lot closer to the ice or would be ice, mm-hmm. and they're smaller. It's I mean, it's not Gillette yeah, Stadium. Yeah, I mean, you're only but, fitting, what, 15,000 in yeah, there usually? Yeah, I think it goes up to like 25, 25K, yeah. which, I mean, right. that's great. Yeah. Also, I, w- I just want to call out Gary Bettman. I have not forgotten. Someone asked way back when. Uh, I think it it must have been like even before the team was announced or shortly after the 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 franchise was announced. Someone asked about the possibility of playing an outdoor game at Safeco Field, mm-hmm. and Gary Bettman's like, "No, it rains too much in Seattle. We could never play a game at Safeco Field." And it's like, Gary Bettman, we have a roof. Don't be a coward. <laughs> Put a game in Safeco Field. Do you think he doesn't want to do it because of the roof? I think he just didn't understand what the situation was. I think sure. he just didn't know that we have a retractable roof <laughs> that we could just put over to block the rain. And right. so he just like was like, oh, no, it rains here. Obviously, we can't. And I'm like, you know what? You don't even know. So just just I mean, just go educate yourself, in Gary Bettman. in Vegas and. Their biggest problem was bugs, so I think they can handle a little rain. So. I'm just saying, I haven't forgotten that he said that. I'm holding a grudge. As you should. I think I think that's a, a fair thing uh, to hold a grudge for because it is, it's a little myopic. I think you're right. So Yeah. All right, well, we're coming up on the end of the show here. Is there anything they, else you guys want to yeah, talk about before I cut you loose? National Women's Hockey League. Yes. Um, we know the tournament will be held at the Herb Brooks Arena in Lake Placid um, at the Olympic Training Center, which is a beautiful facility. Love it. Sorry. Um, between January 21st and the 22nd, teams will compete in a staggered schedule. Um, then on the 23rd, teams will start playing five games, kind of in a round-robin style. Mm-hmm. Quarterfinals will take place. Semifinals, top two seeds. It's just normal seeding. Top mm-hmm. two. Um, and then the f- cup final will take place on February 5th. Very nice. And this is all televised, right? Yes. Right? Awesome. Rebecca? I'm, they I'm pretty a deal, sure they have. They? I, I'm pretty sure they have a deal with NBC. I yeah. don't know what that means because sometimes they'll sign deals, but the like they'll be on like the third channel. Like I think right. the the uh, WNBA signed a deal with ESPN, but they were on like ESPN three or something like that for so, a while. I think I think they got to be more prominently on the channels, but I think when they were first signed. And yeah, be, if I'm wrong, feel free to roast me on Twitter. It'll be on NBCSN. And it'll also be streamed okay. live for free on Twitch TV. Oh, okay, yeah, go. and that's pretty standard for the NWHL. I think they already have an existing deal with Twitch. So. There you go. So uh, National Women's Hockey League uh, semifinals and final will air live. Um, yeah, I mean, that'll be yeah. definitely one we can talk about. Uh, and especially, like, there's definitely kind of craziness with the NWHL and the PWHPA, right. which um, – is an organization that has a lot of the kind of more well-known women's players in it. Like Hillary Knight is in the PWHPA and Kendall Coyd Schofield. Um, it's, it's kind of the women's game and the women's leagues have always been kind of in flux and there's a, there's not a whole lot of stability there. So it'll be kind of an interesting situation to watch unfold. Yeah. I mean, those are some absolute stars that you just named. 
So like. Yeah, and, and right now they aren't in the NWHL, so. That's weird. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show about that, but. Right? Yeah, I it's. Mean, how do you do it? It's definitely something I think we can. Um, I mean, we should definitely talk about the, the NWHL uh, tournament, and maybe we could talk about a little bit more in depth about the situation there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, that'll be a perfect uh, perfect thing to talk about next time we're on, because it'll be. Probably next time we record, it'll probably be uh, right in the swing of that tournament. So that should be uh, pretty I feel fun. Like, I feel I don't want to like make a commitment or anything. I feel like we should try to do one every like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, it, okay. it'll, it'll not one every seven up. months. We don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the teams we have, it's going to start getting down to the wire here. And before yeah. we know it, we're going to be doing back to back to back events. So we'll have a lot yep. to talk about. Yeah. Absolutely. Things will definitely heat up, and there's going to be more to talk about on our Seattle Hockey Podcast for sure. And so, I don't know. I feel like maybe we could commit to, like, every two weeks. I, I don't know. Think, don't hold us to it. I think they are starting or doing a Sonics podcast. Ooh. Seattle Sonic guys, check me on that. I hope I didn't just throw you under the bus. Well, we're um, going to have to start it now. If but there's a lot so. of news that we're hearing on the back end that's really exciting. So, I think they're going to yeah. start one up. Absolutely. No, I've been I've been kept uh uh in the know with that with uh I'm pretty sure my my husband is writer day for the Sonics. He loves the Sonics and so I think there was one article that came out that was like about a rumor that the NBA was uh expanding. And I'm pretty sure he looked at that article like three times in an hour. <laughs> I know. Like when so when the NHL was first being speculated to come here, we were writing for SB Nation and Tim Laiwiki was posting in the comments on our articles talking about things that they were doing. And one thing that we know about Tim and OVG is that they only talk about something when they know it's going to get done. Right. These are people who act on essentially guarantees. Um, They let their actions speak for their words. And I know Tim Laiwiki was on Twitter talking about making an effort and things that they were doing to try to bring this team. So well, and they were well, also saying things like, you know, we're NBA ready. I mean, yep. that's that's going to happen. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I mean, they're they're put they're putting it out there. They're shooting their shots. So, uh-huh. I think And uh, it's one thing for for the organization for OBG to say like, "Hey, we're NBA ready. Like we want a team." It's another thing for the commissioner of the NBA to be like, "Hey, yeah, we're open to expanding." After for years they were like, yeah. "That's not something we're doing. Yeah. That's not something we're entertaining." And now I feel like for them to say like, "Hey, we're thinking about it now," you know, there's a ton of conversations in the background that we're not hearing for them to get to this point of yeah. like, "Hey, we're thinking about it," you know? Right. How many teams are in the NBA currently? Is it there? 30... Oh, I haven't watched an NBA game forever. It's not my sport. But I think there's 31. 31- <laughs> There are 30 teams. So, oh, I was close. Um, yeah, I think close. they're talking about expanding to 32, and obviously, yeah. like, yeah. unanimously, Seattle's on the top of that list to get a team. So, and I think, and Twitter, correct me if I'm wrong, we have ownership over the brand still. So murky, very murky. I don't think yeah. we actually do, but that I mean, okay, I think this is why is... there's a podcast coming from Cascade Sportsnet about the Seattle Sonics yeah. because they know what they're talking about, right. but. I don't think we do, but I think we have access to it. But this is from a guy who knows nothing about basketball. And so I went and <laughs> so, looked this up a little bit just because I was very confused about, you know, because you see Sonic's merchandise getting sold all the time. Um, what it kind of looks like for me, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the ins and outs of this, but it seems like there was an agreement between the city of Seattle and the Thunder that they could use the Sonic's name and everything like that for up 
I think the agreement lasted for five years, um, which means I think, again, I think that that agreement is not around anymore. So I think they would have to do a little negotiating with um, the Thunder to use the Sonics name again. But so yeah, I've obviously heard there's not, it's not without I'd, precedent. So um, it's, Yeah, I've heard differently. I think, I, and yeah, roast me on Twitter. I don't care if I'm wrong. But um, I've heard that like there isn't really a barrier for us to use the Sonics name again and the Sonics branding. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Oakland or not Oakland, um, Oklahoma, I'm pretty sure they have ownership over the history because they keep on saying crap like, you know, old, like, Oklahoma City Thunder player Sean Kemp or something like that, which honestly I hear about that every time it happens because Oof. you know again Robbie's a huge mm-hmm. fan. So, right. so Matt Tucker in Slack said, um, trying to get answers before we leave. But Matt yeah, Tucker, oh, said, I love it. If I uh, quote, breaking news, I'll quote him. Matt, you're being quoted here. If I read the terms of the settlement correctly, the team name, logos, colors, and all the other elements associated with the IP will be transferred to the new team by PBC upon request of the team and NBA approval without cost and without any deadline. The shared history, though, sounds like it has something to do with like a five-year, I don't know. I'm not going to Oh, the fi- that's probably what I was reading. The five-year thing is what I was talking about. Um, I think the new NBA team in Seattle had five years to kind of claim that history. Um, is what it was okay so that that makes a little bit more sense so i um, mean it's ours whether it's officially ours or not you know so yeah well i mean you look at like the winnipeg jets there's technically two of those there's technically two ottawa senators um the i mean this is not without sentimentally you know (laughs) so (laughs) emotionally it's ours yeah absolutely so um well i I'd say we should call it before we yep. uh, everybody falls asleep that's listening to us. I mean, we got a good hour here. Um, hey, thank we, you. Nobody for, falls uh, asleep during our podcast. We're super entertaining. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, a little self-deprecation goes a long way to get people to like you, though. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you everybody for um, for hanging in there, um, especially during our little break there. Uh, we promise not to do it again until next off season. Uh, and you should be hearing from us very soon. But before we go, I want to put you guys on the spot one more time. Uh, who is your uh, cup favorite uh, for this upcoming season? Not the Bruins. I'll not say that the Bruins. <laughs> Okay, not the Bruins. I love it. Uh, I can say from truly, madly, deeply, from the bottom of my heart, I do not care. Like, honestly, <laughs> I am laser-focused on those expansion, expansion draft prospects. Like, I... I don't care who wins, who loses. The teams basically do not exist to me this season. They are just all ingredients for this, our wonderful meal that we're going to make with the Seattle Kraken. So this is all just a uh, an obstacle in the way of your team. Uh, I am laser focused. I love it. I love it. So you're just stating for that uh, 2022 cup. I like it. Uh, well, I'm picking the Avs. They just look too good. So, All right, Shocker. everybody. I think it's a safe bet. Yeah, I think it's safe. You're right. Or Tampa again. Oh, please no. <laughs> let's let's um, see him get swept. <laughs> but yeah, Will Snipe, Sully in Seattle. Have a good bye night, bye. everybody. Bye.